when you put this thing in a cauldron and with magic and and chemistry it becomes a very refined very pure substance called the philosopher's stone there's the concept of a cauldron a, a space within which you get heated and you get transformed and some of it is uncomfortable and some of it is really beautiful magical catalytic and transformative and that's how i see the container of dating and relationships Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Hello and welcome to another episode of Empowered Spirituality. My name is Samantha Nagel. Why am I talking like this? Um, I'm so happy to have you here for this awesome conversation with my friend Marie Tuin, um, Dr. Marie, I should say. Um, it's such a fun conversation and we talked a lot about mindfulness and relationships as well as her ideas around mindful dating, especially uh, mindful online dating, which was really fun. Um, I think you're really going to love this conversation. I think you're really going to love Marie as much as I do. I think she has the most soothing, calming energy. And also she's like radical, you know, like I think we tend to think of making change and, and making like important change as looking like changing policies or like helping mass amounts of people all at once. Um, and obviously that's awesome, but so is bringing a different perspective than the mainstream one. That's like actually a, a really radical act. Um, and I think about that with my clients as well. And we talk about that, which is by just you taking care of yourself and giving yourself real, um, full embodied self-compassion and self-love and, or changing the way you look at things, pushing back against your own internalized systems of capitalism or homophobia or white supremacy, the patriarchy, any of those shame cultures that we live in, even by just doing that work in yourself, you are doing a radical act for others as well, for the world. Um, and so that's why I really say that Marie is doing radical work um, by shifting the mindset that we have around dating, around our intentions, ar around the way that we interact with others. Um, I mentioned we talk about online dating. And online dating, it, oh my gosh, how fun, right? How amazing, especially during a pandemic, um, during lockdowns, right? I'm in the US, we're not doing lockdowns anymore, knock on wood. I'm recording this in February, so, you know, by the time this comes out, <laughs> who knows? But in other countries, there are still lockdowns, but I remember we were in a lockdown for a very long time. 
and there were, how do you meet someone during that? Right. And, and online dating allowed us to keep connections and to make new ones, um, which is so beautiful. Then there's also like, it's like a game, right? You're like swiping, you're judging people based off maybe their looks. And maybe like, even that is superficial, like even more superficial than just looks. Um, I know that I would know, <laughs> so sad. I would never match with a guy who had a dog in his profile um, because I was suspicious. <laughs> oh, so silly. Um, and Marie talks about ways to really mindfully check in with ourselves. Um, and in a way that also reminds us that the people that we're swiping yes or no on um, are people. <laughs> They're people, just like you're a person. Uh, it also made me really happy. I don't have to use dating apps right now. So thankful. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> moving on from that. Um, I had such a fun chat with her. We talked about healing and partnership and how partnerships that are safe um, and respectful allow a container for us to, if we decide to, to really look at what's being activated old wounds that are coming up and how to move past those or not move past, uh, move through those um, and how to maybe decenter our past wounds while still respecting them and carrying them with us. Um, we talk about self-love and why that's so important in general, but then also with relationships, especially new ones, but also how important they are in our relationships that we have. I know that in my partnership, um, when I let my self-love lack, when my self-care starts going down, um, I'm not a good partner. Um, so self-care isn't just, self it's not selfish, it really isn't. And one, there's nothing bad with being selfish, but it's also not purely selfish. The self-love that I give myself enables me to give love well to others is so important. We talk about intention, which is one of my favorite topics. Um, and just makes me reflect too about the magic of intention, right? And I've mentioned this before. I'm someone who identifies as a witch on the spirituality spectrum, on the spirituality label spectrum. Um, and I like to say that anything you do with intention is magic. Um, you can do whatever spell work, you can pray, you can manifest, but I really think the, the thing that's so important is your intention. That's what creates beautiful things. Uh, and that could be in relationships and that can also be in your life and your mood and your business at work. Um, you know, sometimes our intent and our impact aren't the same. But I think as long as your intent is aligned with your values, um, you never really have to regret too much. And you can clarify and communicate, but you can live by those values. Um, we talk about our intuition, how to access our intuition, especially when we've been disconnected from it from so long. Um, as I know most of us are, we're not really conditioned to tap into our intuition. And so she shares some ideas that she has with her clients. Um, 
we also talk about other things as well, but this was such a great episode and I had such a fun time chatting with Marie. Marie is the founder of Love Insight um, or Love Insight, Love Insight, Love Insight, Um, which is a dating and relationship coaching practice where she supports growth-oriented individuals of all backgrounds to create intentional and vibrant love lives. Love lives. Vibrant, what a beautiful word too. Intentional and vibrant. Marie earned her PhD at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco, where she studied mindful sexuality and non-traditional intimate relationships. She believes in the power of conscious love to create a better world. And if you are interested in learning more about her, which you should be, <laughs> uh, you can find her um, at her website, love in, love insight slash, or like dash dating.com. And if that was confusing, which it probably was, it's in the show notes. So you don't have to worry about that. That's why I do that. <laughs> um, everything we talk about is in the show notes as well. All the books that she mentions are in the show notes. Um, her website is in the show notes as well. And I haven't really been advertising this as much as I should. If you want to just watch our interview, you can do that too. Find out what I look like. Find out what she looks like. <laughs> we, um, we played around with her backdrop before we started recording. So you should go look at what we did. <laughs> um, that's YouTube. The channel is Empowered Spirituality. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this awesome episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Hi, Marie. How are Hi, you? Hi, Samantha. Good. Nice to see you, finally. I know. We've been connected for maybe six months virtually, mm-hmm. unofficially, yeah. and then this was our final meeting. Yes, exactly. It's so good to be here and get a chance to have a conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I'm going to start by pulling a card from the Good Tarot deck. And so this card could be just for me, just for you. It could be for someone listening. It might inform our conversation, but it might not. Beautiful. And what's so magical is that we're doing this now for people to listen to in a few months. And then also like just whenever else they listen to it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the message is timeless. I'm going to go with this one. I always pull this one. It's the six of water. Which would be the six of cups in a regular tarot. Cool. And I kind of, I know her, her definition because of how much I pulled it, but I'll read it to everyone. This one stands for nostalgia, sweet memories, old flames, yearning for the security of the good old days. If I am being triggered to remember the past, I can enjoy the warm memories, but must recognize they are ephemeral. I don't know that word. Emotion can recall, can color my recall and distort my understanding of what is happening today. I acknowledge and heal old wounds. I can experience security today enveloped in the arms of divine love. There is no need to return to the illusion of a golden era of yore because I can begin co-creating a better reality right now. Authentic healing and joyfulness will be mine if I stop rekindling the emotions of my past. Wow, beautiful. I know. I feel like that resonates so much with mindful dating, especially because we tend to 
dwell in past relationships or experiences of the past and we really need to be rooted in the present mm-hmm, absolutely and this is so synchronistic because the meeting i had right before we're recording this podcast i was talking to a colleague and we're planning a workshop together on releasing the bonds that no longer serve us <laughs> this is amazing wow that is so, so cool what are the yeah. odds the odds are 100 percent that that oh would come my gosh. absolutely and by the time i think people listen to this podcast the workshop will have already happened uh, but yeah it is so important to make peace with the past and and create a narrative about the past that is really empowering so that we can just land in the present and be fully here and fully available for new connections and new creations. Oh, that's beautiful. And how often do we take our past with us into future or current relationships where maybe that past story is better served in the past and not with us like we want to take it yeah 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 it's it can be challenging to leave the past behind because of course you know like we have such a we're so permeable and we do carry with us you know not only the thoughts but sometimes the energetic components of past relationship or traumas or imprints on our nervous system which then, you know, each one of those might be dealt with a little bit differently. I think some of them, you know, are okay with being dealt with cognitive work and then some might be better dealt with embodied somatic modalities. Oh, I love that. I love blending those modalities together or any modalities really. I feel like that creates a really holistic way to approach healing. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What a great card. Of mindful dating. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So I'm a mindful dating and relationship coach, which for me means I look at dating and relationships through the eye of presence and mindfulness and personal growth instead of looking at it through the lens of how can I get to the goal faster? And of course, we all have different goals, but when we're not mindful, it's so easy to take in what other people think should be our goal. You know, there's such social pressure to be part of a traditional couple and to act a certain way in dating, to want to look desirable, to want to look hot and to feel like we can have value in the eyes of somebody else and the more we employ the tricks and the games of dating, then the more we can, you know, basically pump up our ego in that realm. And what I'm proposing is, okay, there's another way to do this. We don't have to make it all about like, am I valuable enough? Am I not? Is this person good enough? We don't have to let our ego be in charge. We can really let our hearts and our mindful um mindful mind so to speak be in charge Mm -hmm. and look at how am i growing and what kind of experiences um really fit what my heart wants right now and whatever is being presented to me in this moment what can i learn from it not just is this good or bad but Mm. 
how can I learn and become more of who I really am through that process? Mm, wow, that's so beautiful. And you said something about, um, I don't know if you use this word exactly, but am I good enough? Are they good enough? Am I worthy enough? And I definitely feel that when I got into my healthy, serious relationship, I definitely still feel sometimes that I'm not worthy enough to be in that relationship. And I think a lot of people have that like mindset of, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Are they good enough? That seems like such a, a powerful thing that you must help people unpack. Mm, yes, yes. And that's why dating and relationships is such a rich terrain for growth and healing because those thoughts and those old wounds really kind of relating back to the tarot card like old wounds of the past that we want to release they will come up in those contexts because when we start having a romantic or erotic entanglement with someone it naturally brings up all of that doubt and that anxiety about like oh my gosh like am i going to be loved like it's a very vulnerable space and when we can feed ourselves a lot of reassurance and a lot of self-love and a lot of self-compassion and we can also feed that to another person like of course it's a relational field and we have yeah. the opportunity to help heal one another like healing will not happen just in isolation um it is about helping one another and especially when we have a beautiful container with someone who values kindness and really wants to to grow with you that can become a super powered catalyst for mm. for soul growth and you know becoming more again of who you are and who you want to be in the world wow that's beautiful um and you mentioned the space relationships are a container sometimes well all the time where you're healing and growing together. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't always go the way you may want it or it doesn't always mm -hmm. feel super good, um, but they're always kind of that container. Can you maybe expand more on that? That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm reminded of um, the concept of alchemy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many of the listeners are familiar with alchemy, this kind of ancient system of wisdom and transformation that, um, I'm not even exactly sure how it works. I took a class on it one time and I thought it was so inspiring, you know, taking raw material and and putting this raw material through a series of transformative processes like fire and purification. And, you know, you put this thing in a cauldron and with magic and and chemistry, it becomes a very refined, very pure substance called the philosopher's stone. And that, okay, so I don't know exactly the details of it, but there's the concept of a cauldron, a, a space within which you get heated and you get transformed. And some of it is uncomfortable and some of it is really beautiful, magical, catalytic and transformative and that's how i see the container of dating and relationships you put yourself in this cauldron of experience with somebody else and the fire you know is this romantic connection and all of this mm. emotion that comes up and the sexual tension like 
it's really magical and there's no um you know like there are some containers that will be really problematic you know there's patterns that can come up that are toxic so to speak you know where there can be abuse and a lot of negative transformation and we you know want to keep an eye on how do we want to create this container and what do we need in order to feel safe enough to enter this container in a way that we can mm. trust will create really positive transformation. Mm. So I don't want to glorify all relationships because some of them we should, you know, we shouldn't be in if yeah. we want to um, really live from a place of self-love and self-respect. But whatever the case, there is such potential for transformation there. Yeah. In the container. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, everything you said, the the metaphor of alchemy and the cauldron and the fire is so beautiful. And I love that you also mentioned that not all not all cauldrons are safe to be in, not all fires are are safe for us to experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially in the spiritual space, which I'm since it's a kind of a spirituality podcast, I would assume people have heard this before that like even abusive relationships are somehow like part of our spiritual path or like we manifested them. And I just love when people say that reminder of like, no, <laughs> not all relationships we should be in. Like it's okay to set those boundaries and, and take care of ourselves and have that self-respect, like you said. So thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is a really complex topic, actually. I didn't even predict that we were going to go there so quickly in our conversation. <laughs> Um, because I also want to acknowledge that when sometimes we do find ourselves in not so healthy situations and cauldrons, you know, like there can be so many factors at play. There's layers of experience that we can't always describe, like why we feel the need to be in a particular cauldron. And sometimes we need to just like wait until we feel ready to say no and put up that boundary. So I just want to, you know, say a shout out to people who might be in this situation where they feel like they Mm. can't get out of it for now and it happens you know it happens and and it's okay to you know to find yourself in that situation and to trust that you will be able to get out of it and that you will be um, able to learn from it even if it's a very difficult, very painful lesson about what not to repeat. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. Um, I didn't expect to go there either, but I'm so glad that you said that. There's so much shame about maybe that we manifested or, or like put ourselves in situations that were unhealthy. And then there's shame about not being able to leave them right away or shame that we didn't leave them quicker so I love that you're really addressing all of that with such love and compassion. Yeah, of course. I know it's a, it's a fine line, you know, also being a coach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do witness people going down roads that I would not characterize as the most healthy, mm-hmm. but I can't tell them like, no, you need to go away. Like I'm not there to tell people what to do and to choose their path for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have to trust that the more awareness you bring to wherever you are on that path, then the better choices you're going to make. And that can be a slow process. Yeah. But, you know, 
there's there's no secret formula. There's no pill that you can take and only be in perfect relationships. Like there's no such thing. Mm. But we have to be really patient with ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I have to be really patient with ourselves. And I think that's one of the beauty of mind one of the beauties of mindfulness is that like you said earlier, there is no good, there is no bad, there is no timeline that we have to be on, right? We can be really patient with ourselves and really compassionate because we don't get a guidebook. <laughs> we get awesome coaches sometimes like you and, and maybe books, but we don't have a guidebook for how to be a human until we're here. So I love that. That's so true. <laughs> um, you mentioned self-love and when we're recording this, not when it comes out, but it was just Valentine's day. So I feel like self-love is really on my mind. Um, and I feel like it's so true that to be in a relationship with others, we really have to fill up our own, that like metaphor of filling up our own cup first, feeling that we meet our own needs in the ways we can, that we love ourselves and that we are compassionate with ourselves before we can do that with another, not before, but because I think, well, now I'm going on another tangent. Uh, uh, we can, we tangent. can learn to That's do an that. important one. Yeah. We can learn to do that with people, but it's so important that we learn to do that for ourselves. Um, is that something that you typically coach people in is, is self-love? Yes, that is one of the constants, like pretty much in all of my coaching relationships, we go there right away. It's so fundamental to have self-love and self-care. Um, to me, self-care is an active form of self-love and it's a way that we remind ourselves on a consistent basis that we are worthy and that we can create a wonderful life and a wonderful energy field for ourselves. And it helps so much with everything. I mean, it helps with just feeling better as we go out and meet people and enter relationships and then, you know, be the best version of ourselves. So everything yeah. gets better, but also it helps with discernment. Mm because when we are creating a really strong system of self-care and self-love then we are less prey to having people enter our field who don't match that loving vibration we kind of naturally repel people who are not going to honor us so that is probably the number one reason why i think it's so vital it's so fundamental to have like to have your own back when you are contemplating entering really entangled relationships such as sexual and romantic relationships if you know that you have your own back and you are um fundamental fundamentally like on your own team then you have more to give and you also know how to discern who is a really great person to have in your inner circle I love that. I love that you tied self-love in with discernment. I think that's so beautiful. And I can definitely see uh, a pattern in my own life of when my self-love was very low. I let everyone, I let anyone and everyone in that wanted to be there, even if they didn't really want to be there. <laughs> like, oh, wow. And now that I have like more reserves of self-love, I'm definitely more particular not even in like sexual or romantic relationships, but with any relationship. So it's, it's so important for that feeling of self-trust too, that we can trust ourselves. 
when people aren't good matches for us, when people don't treat us well, or when they're just not in alignment with us. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read um, Miguel Ruiz's books? I think The Four Agreements and um, Mastery of Love. No, but I've, I've always wanted to and just never got around to it. So I love these two books. I mean, he's written more, but um, in one of the two, I believe it's in The Mastery of Love. There is a story that totally encapsulates what we just talked about. And can yeah. I tell you? Too? Yes, please. Okay, so it's called The Magical Kitchen. And mm-hmm. it's um, the idea that if you imagine you have a magical kitchen in your home and it can produce any kind of food in any amount that you like anytime. And you right. always have a big table full of friends they come and they eat and you share good food it's just this abundance right mm-hmm. and someone knocks at the door and you go to the door and then here they are with a pizza box and they tell you hey look I have pizza <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to give you a piece but if you want a piece of my pizza you're going to have to do whatever I want. You're going to have to be my slave. You're going to look at them and say like, well, I don't really need pizza. I mean, I can make you a whole pizza in my magical kitchen. Like you're welcome to come in and eat, but I'm not going to be your slave. I'm not going to do whatever you want in exchange for a piece of pizza because I'm not that desperate. And on the other hand, like if you imagine being starved and never mm-hmm. having enough food, if someone shows up with a pizza at your door, you might actually compromise on your own standards and and be really submissive, not in a fun way, but in a um, just like a really like self-harming way in a relationship because you're so desperate and you haven't found that inner source of abundance worth of abundance yeah so i think that the best thing we can do whether we're single or in a relationship or dating or any kind of relationship status is to cultivate that inner source of love so that you always have enough for yourself and you always have enough to give Mm -hmm. and then you're not you know prey you're not a victim to other people's demands and expectations oh that's beautiful what a what a great story Mm -hmm. and I love that metaphor of this bountiful kitchen and I also love that metaphor because I'm hungry right now (laughs) (laughs) I know pizza sounds good (laughs) like you're telling me there's a magical kitchen and a stranger a hot stranger with pizza (laughs) I gotta read this book Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Just don't do, you know, anything too crazy in exchange for the pizza. <laughs> what a beautiful story, though. Wow, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. And um, I'll link those two books in the show notes, or I'll, awesome. I'll put the title. I, I hate yeah. when people mention books and then I'm like, what was that? <laughs> yes, those yes. will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, that's beautiful. I want to talk about mindful dating a little bit more and maybe... Uh, how you got started on this path. Because I, I think this is such an interesting path you've chosen. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's really the intersection of my two passions, which are spirituality and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And then 
intentional intentional dating and relationships on the other hand so i came from a family that was not conventional my parents they never dis, you know they never wanted to be married they never wanted to live together under the same roof but they intentionally wanted to be co-parents and have a child wow so they went for it even though their families and their social environments were telling them they were crazy that they should marry and live under the same roof in order to have a child in a normal family structure and they followed their gut they followed what they had in their heart to do and they said no to what they didn't want and they had me and I would go from one you know week to my mom's and one week to my dad's and Mm. alternate and I had two homes and it was very harmonious they didn't fight they didn't you know bicker and it was just my family structure so I think I was raised with the strong value system of intentionality and not just taking other people's you know definitions of what should be a good family structure what should be a good romantic relationship you know what what are the steps that you should take if you're going to show commitment and show your own value etc etc and instead really ask yourself what works for me what doesn't work for me and to design your life accordingly yeah and really to me that's also the definition of spirituality and mindfulness it is to disentangle what are the external sources of authority in our lives from what are the internal sources of authority and autonomy and be able to more and more listen to our insides to our heart and to not let all of these shaming messages and those expectations from the outside and those conditioned pressures um, determine our destiny so that's mindful dating for me it's like okay how do you apply those principles of internal autonomy and authority to you navigating the dating realm. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Hello, loves. We're going to take a quick break from our conversation to tell you about my signature group coaching program, 
the Sensual Wholeness Academy. This is an eight-month program for women and non-binary folk who are ready to let go of shame and claim self-love, sensual empowerment, and somatic healing within an epic community rooted in radical acceptance. The course includes eight modules which dive into content like strengthening boundaries, claiming your true yes and no, transforming shame around sexuality, building a mindful self-pleasure practice, releasing body and genital shame, transforming trauma-inclusive sex education, empowered intimacy, the wheel of consent, and so much more. When you sign up for the Central Wholeness Academy, you get access to live weekly group coaching calls featuring embodiment practices, you get the eight video training modules, you get access to our VIP virtual community space where you receive ongoing support throughout the whole program. You get guided journal prompts, community to last a lifetime, and bonus workshops with amazing guests. If you're someone who's ready to let go of shame or numbness and claim the sensual empowerment and self-love you deserve, then your next step is to go to marleylist.com SWA. You'll also see the link for that in the show notes. So here you'll see plenty more details about the program and you'll be able to set up a free consultation call with myself where you'll receive personalized support and explore if this is a fit for you. So I'm so looking forward to connecting with you on this call. You're so worthy and capable of this reclamation. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that story of your upbringing. I think that really sounds so beautiful. Was that, you don't have to get into it too much, of course, but um, yeah, was that interesting? Like, watching other kids have something different while you had something that looked unlike them perhaps I think it was mostly interesting for them (laughs) (laughs) I was the exotic one they were like what your parents are not together oh I remember in elementary school one kid told me like I understand you my parents are divorced too and I told him like no I mean my parents are not divorced they just never wanted to be married like it's different like I didn't go through a whole trauma of separation I mean it's um it was very unique and for me that was my normal so I think it took a few more years maybe around high school and college to realize the weight of people's molds and expectations when I started dating I started getting into relationships and then you know people of course projected those stories on me about what a relationship should look like. I remember the first time I realized that monogamy was an expectation. Mm. (laughs) I was in college and I was seeing a lot of people like a lot of us do in college. But one time I was um, hanging out with one of my colleagues. I was studying music and we were like playing music together. And I felt like there was an attraction developing and I suggested that we kiss or make out or something like that. And he told me, oh, I can't because I have a girlfriend. And I remember thinking like, that's cool. You know, you have a girlfriend, but what does that really have to do with this that we're experiencing? What does that have to do with us? Yeah. And just feeling a bit confused or just realizing how for so many people, like, those things are just assumed monogamy is assumed there's no 
discussion about it. It's just like, okay, we're together now. That means we're excluding other people. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing or not valid, but can we make things more intentional? Like, what is it that we actually really want? And and yeah. design our relationships based on that rather than assumptions. Mm, I love that. What an interesting story too, that I feel like I'm someone who grew up with parents who were married and then very much not married, <laughs> very much, they're very tension, very tension, <laughs> a mm. lot of tension. Um, that's really interesting. And having those like gender norms, those relationship norms, very ingrained. Mm-hmm. So how interesting that you came at it from a different point of view where you kind of learned those rules later. That must have felt, it feels confusing from my end too, to have to unlearn that. But it must have been very confusing to have to learn that at an older age too. That's really interesting. Right, right. To to learn about them and still, you know, doing my best to navigate my own life with a sense of freedom and agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, in a world where most people have those shared assumptions. So mm. it is, in a way, um, frustrating when you feel like you're trying to create something new and novel and fresh, and a lot of people come crashing down with, you know, mm. no, this is the box you should be in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and people so, are. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, people are so threatened by people living outside of the box, too, for whatever reason. Exactly, exactly. Mm. I mean, I think it's the case with all sexual minorities or now like gender minorities, people who defy the binary norms of genders and gender roles. Mm. It's very difficult to operate in a system that keeps reinforcing them through every mean possible, through the media, through, you know, every sort of social function that you go to, like if you start paying attention to the different mm. ways that we reinforce those those norms it yeah. you know makes it very obvious why living outside of those norms can be challenging yeah absolutely and you said something um earlier about the story something about that being a story that we tell ourselves or that other people tell us and i think that's such a, a transformational way to look at anything really I know I asked a client the other day, what's the story you've been telling yourself about anger? And she had like a huge story. And I said, what if that story just didn't exist? And she was like, oh, oh shit. (laughs) And so what if the story you taught yourself about relationships or about your worthiness didn't exist? What would happen then? And I love, I think that's such a, a key of mindfulness is that we are really just telling ourselves these stories and we can tell ourselves new stories too. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's freedom. (laughs) Choosing our stories, choosing the lenses through Mm. which we look at the world. Choosing our stories. I love that. And you mentioned that something you do with a lot of clients to create this intentional dating or intentional relationships is to kind of follow their inner knowing or their inner compass or their gut. Um, How do you typically tap into that source with people when you're working with them? Ooh, that is a very good question. A lot of it is emergent through the relationship, because Mm -hmm. if I create a safe space for 
all of them to feel welcomed, then those things that might not feel welcomed in other parts of their life can naturally come up. So I think that's the miracle of a coaching container or a therapy container or, you know, a healing container when a practitioner creates a space for non-judgment. It naturally invites all of these hidden parts or, you know, those more raw and tender and authentic parts to come out because they can feel safe. So, so much of it is energetic and relational. It's about finding a practitioner that you feel super comfortable with. And then, of course, there's um, all kinds of questions, like powerful questions, like the one you ask your client, like, what is the story you have about dot, dot, dot? And what might you feel if you did not have that story? These are very well-crafted questions that we can ask our clients that really help them think about things in a different way, in a way that's novel and not just rehearsed. Because, you know, like most, pe most people have never really asked themselves, like, what's the story I have about anger? It's like, whoa, wait, I'm angry. <laughs> I didn't realize I had a story around it. But yeah. once you, you know, help people position themselves in that almost like backstage or, you know, behind the curtain of their emotions through those powerful questions, that's when more awareness can really be born. Oh, I love that. And what an intentional space you're creating and holding too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the miracle of, um, of, of healing modalities, you know, they're all different. Like I love how many people have different modalities, you know, even different kind of coaches and different somatic therapists and uh, even massage and body work can invoke so much um, stuff that is just like lodged in the muscles. Like I, I love the combination of cognitive work and also like physical, somatic, body-based work. Oh, I love that. Um, and I'm switching gears a little bit here, um, but I was wondering if you could chat about mindful online dating. I know we mm. chatted about that on the phone. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I coined that expression, mindful swiping. Yes. Um, <laughs> it sounds so counterintuitive because most people don't associate swiping with mindfulness. Like that's something that most of us do kind of mindlessly. We hmm. sit on the toilet and we're like, oh, swipe left, swipe right, blah. Like, yeah. is he hot? Is he not? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that reinforces a lot of our conditioning around, you know, like, yeah, hot or not, who has value, who doesn't, am I valuable, you know, how many likes, how many matches do I get? And it can really mess with our mind. Um, and I don't want to blame the apps themselves for mm -hmm. that. I think we can learn how to use them better. And some of the suggestions I have around that are first to create a sacred space around your use of online dating. 
So instead of, you know, being at the grocery store in line and just like swiping anytime when you're distracted, maybe try, yeah, exactly. Sit in a cushion, you know, like light a candle, put some nice music and do a little breathing and then center yourself in a different space. Like maybe get into your body and then look at those people's pictures before swiping and ask yourself, how does my heart feel with them? Or in the words of one of my favorite dating coaches out there, Ken Page, does my soul feel safe with this person? And I think that's a great question to ask. And we can ask our gut and we can ask our heart and we can ask the deeper layers of us, you know, the intuition part of us for an answer there. And it's so much deeper than just like, well, does this person seem attractive or successful? It's really like, yeah. well, what kind of emotions are, do, are these people running through their bodies? What mm. do I perceive, you know, from just like their facial features and their expressions and, and what they're showing us through an online dating profile? What, yeah. what do I really perceive, mm. you know, in the next layers? And is this someone I would like to connect with? And if not, can I send them love? Can I, you know, extend loving kindness in, you know, the words of Buddhism? Um, it's kind of a meditation that Buddhists also um, like to, um, to do, like the loving kindness meditation. It's like sending love and kindness to everyone indiscriminately mm-hmm. and to know that we're all in this boat together. Even when someone triggers a negative reaction, even when we look at someone's face and we're like, oh, I know this is the kind of person who is an asshole. Mm. And I know this is the kind of person who's not going to like me. Or, you know, we, we sometimes get angry at people while swiping. We're just like, oh, why don't they take a better mm. picture? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, what a terrible profile. They don't care. Like, we yeah. have all of this negative self-talk when mm. we swipe. And what if we interrupted that for a minute and instead like asked ourselves like okay can i find it in me to send love to this person if i'm swiping left or if i'm swiping right and send love to myself Mm. wow i just i love everything about what you just said starting with having that sacred ritual almost around online dating um it's really becoming clear to me that anything can be a ritual mm-hmm. um, and that as long if we create that safe space whether it's external with candles and music or just checking in with ourselves and setting intentions everything is magical when we do that uh, and I love that idea of really setting your intentions why am I opening this app because I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes when I was on apps I would do it out of boredom mm-hmm. like I would just go like, no, 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 no. And then I would run out of people. And then I'd be like, wait, maybe I want to see those people again. <laughs> I just, I love everything you just said. That's so beautiful. And then not just swiping no, because they're ugly or because, you know, they look creepy, <laughs> mm-hmm. but because you just don't feel their energy sitting right with you, but you wish them love and you send yourself love at the same time. Mm-hmm. What a magical practice. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, such a great um, gymnasium for your intuition. (laughs) 
I find it such a great practice. I think I learned so much through online dating, you know, how to how to perceive and, and know better and quicker who I'm dealing with in the real world, because okay, it's not a big deal if you do end up meeting someone who's not a good match, but then you can learn from it. Like, could I have predicted that maybe a little bit earlier in the game before getting involved, before getting entangled? And mm-hmm. online dating is this really quick feedback loop between, okay, getting a first impression, observing your thoughts. Like, you know, oftentimes we will find someone so handsome and we're just like, oh yeah, of course, I'm going to swipe right. They're so attractive. And, and yet, you know, we might want to go slower and say like, oh, maybe they don't seem like the nicest person or there's red flags or there's something that doesn't fit, you know, sit right with me. And, and to, to really give ourselves permission to, again, like not be desperate, like the, you know, like the pizza situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm, I love that what you said about it being a gymnasium for our intuition. And it really could. Why are we angry that this person looks a certain way? Is it our intuition or is it actually telling us something about a wound or or a belief <laughs> that we have about something? Uh, it's so interesting. And do you have tips for mindfully engaging after you swiped, like when you're doing the messaging back and forth before you meet up? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I mean, every every message, every interaction then is a new opportunity to check in with ourselves and say like, okay, like, what do I feel like writing? Do I feel like writing? Do I feel like what they wrote? How does this land with me? And to get away from playing games, like there's so many advice columns that will tell you like, oh, you have to wait a certain amount of time before responding, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think it, um, it will tell you something if you're always on your phone, always responding like super nervously, super like right away, right away, right away. That might be a good indication that you don't have um, enough other stuff in your life going on. So, but I wouldn't like force yourself like, oh, I have to wait a half hour. <laughs> you know, like I would really just follow your gut and and look at, yeah, what a person is writing. What is the subscript? What are you writing and why? How can you come from your heart? How can you come from your authenticity? And then let people, you know, either come closer or fall off. Mm, that's so true. Wow, thank you for that. And that's definitely a practice I can see using not just for dating, since I'm not dating right now, I could see myself applying that in every interaction. I know my therapist one time told me that she uses integrity in everything she says. So she won't, like if she's heard something bad about someone and then she meets them, she won't say it's nice to meet you because it's not. Or I've heard good things about you because she hasn't. But she'll say, they say nice to meet you. She'll say, oh, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. and just when she told me that, I it, it blew my mind because we really can be intentional with everything we say, not just the stuff that we pick and choose about. We can really be intentional in all areas and all ways. Oh my gosh, yes. Actually, Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Mastery of Love mm-hmm. and The Four Agreements, uh, one of the four agreements is to be impeccable with your word. Mm. and that is so beautiful yes how can you choose every word in a way that feels truly aligned 
with who you are and how you're feeling and aligned with with kindness that doesn't mean you say something that's not true to try to manipulate someone into liking you or mm. into you know oh. thinking that you're kind but what is what is kindness um going to say what is truth going to say in the way that feels really authentic and real that is a meditation of every moment because we're always communicating oh i love that yeah. i love that thank you so much i ask all my guests to send our listeners home with a challenge or a resource something to do over the next week or something to check out so yeah what is your assignment for us this week um okay so i have a couple of different resources um actually and we just added miguel ruiz's books which i think are great mm -hmm. another book that i always recommend is from ken page who is the dating coach i mentioned earlier and he wrote a book called deeper dating i think it's one of the best books written about mindful dating out there so if someone wants something to read or you know there's also a podcast called mm -hmm. deeper dating that i recommend um and in terms of a practice though i wanted to suggest something that i've given one of my clients this mm -hmm. week and it's called the five minute pleasure practice and i designed it with my client because she was having a hard time really connecting with her own intuition and saying no to all of the external sources of authority and we want to reinforce our own internal source of authority and i think that is so valid for each one of us i think this is a kind of a universal need and the five minute pleasure practice is to take five minutes every day and just ask your body what would feel good right now and do that and maybe sometimes it's like dancing and moving a certain way and stretching certain muscles that feel like they need to be stretched maybe you hang out with a beautiful plant that you have in your home or you go outside and you find a tree and oh just being in the sun or being in the snow or connecting with the natural world might be what your body wants to do or maybe it's just sitting in silence and feeling your breath and so it could be anything could be self-touch and to ask yourself that and give yourself at least a five minute window every single day to cultivate this like i'm worthy i care about me i know what i need it builds such an important muscle oh thank you i love that and i can't wait to do that later yeah try it out thank mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, please tell us about how we can work with you, um, maybe how we can follow you, your website, anything like that. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's at love underscore insight underscore dating. And um, my website is where you can sign up for my mailing list and also sign up for an introductory session that's completely free. It's a 30 minute exploratory coaching session that I give anyone who's interested in talking more about their love and relationship path and seeing if there is a potential to work together. Um, so I encourage all the listeners to come and meet me. It's no pressure, no, no big sales <laughs> pitch. It's really to see if we're a good fit. 
and my website is loveinsight-dating.com. Wonderful. And just a little side note, I love that you said that because I've definitely hopped on those free calls and then it wasn't really a free call. Yes, <laughs> It was yes. like really pushy. So I love that. I love when people say a no pressure call because that feels so good. Feels so right. aligned with who you are too. You're very mm-hmm. flowy, very low pressure. I like that about you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think there's such a thing as wasted time. Like for some people, if they jump on a call and they don't make a sale, it's like, oh, that was not worth it. But to me, it's like every person has something to teach me. Every person, you know, has something to learn from our interaction. And sometimes we might refer each other to somebody else or a resource or some gift that keeps on giving. And I just, you know, I love talking to people. That's why I'm a coach. (laughs) <laughs> and I genuinely do. So um, I don't, I don't believe in wasted time. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was such an honor to talk to you. And I can't wait for other people to have the honor of listening to you talk to me. <laughs> a weird way to phrase that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It was lovely. And oh, you are such a wonderful conversation partner. I feel like we could have keep on going for another two hours. Easy. Another time we will. Okay. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me and my guest if you would rate and review this podcast. Um, You can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify actually just created a new option to rate your favorite podcasts. Um, So that would be a wonderful way to help the show grow and also just to show me some support and love. Or maybe you'd like to send this episode to someone you think would benefit from it. Um, If you'd like to tag me or my guests on social media or comment on this episode post, you can find me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. And on that Instagram uh, account, I also share things related to holistic health, uh, menstrual cycle awareness, uh, movement, um, and all kinds of things. So I would love for you to give me a follow over there. And lastly, I am taking clients for one-on-one session work. I offer three and six months programs with the option to keep going. Um, in these one-on-one coaching containers, we really get to do a deep dive of spirituality, if that's something that interests you, or if not, we don't touch it. Um, movement, food, your menstrual cycle, if you have one. And we also really do a deep dive into our intuition and our authenticity. And we also look at things like how much we're consuming alcohol and substances. And we use a really intuitive, flexible framework for approaching these things that we're really taught are strict uh, in our culture. So I'd love to see you over there. My website is empoweredspirituality.online and you can book a free consultation call. But until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Thursday.